Range Time is a bi-weekly podcast talking about guns, gear, and the shooting lifestyle. Opinions expressed may or may not be those of our parent company, sponsors, or advertisers. It's the Range Time Podcast. Well, there we are. Are we, are we going? We're going now. Yay. Welcome. Uh, it, is, uh, it is Range Time. Welcome. Jim York. With us as well. How are you, bud? We we talk. You don't just wave. It's not a video. <laughs> He's looking at all those GoPros. Looking yeah, at yeah. him. <laughs> there are GoPros up there everywhere. This is so weird, by the way, yeah. to have financial backing for this show. Can I just tell you how bizarre that is? Uh, also joining us is Officer Mike, uh, mm-hmm. local police officer, Greetings. officer friendly. Um, so today we're going to be talking about used guns, buying and selling guns, both legally and um, still legal. We'll say, well, is there is there an illegal way to buy a used gun? Uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. But uh, really, what I want to focus on today is when you're buying a used gun, uh, buyer beware, because I've bought guns I collect. A lot of the guns in my collection are. Uh, like vintage military rifles. So I have, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about the the pistol I have. I have a, a right. 1911 that was actually used in World War One. I. I have a 30 cal that was used in Korea. I have some some military style rifles that have come secondhand. Uh, but buying a gun used can be tricky. So let's get let's get your guys' thoughts on that to start out. Jim York. Do you want to go? Uh, I'll go. Okay, cool. Because you, uh, you're, you're over there pulling up stats. Well, no. I can go with stories, then stats. So one story I have is bought a gun uh, from my brother. It was a shotgun. He wanted the side-by-side with the double trigger. Um, like, bought, an old, uh, like an old coach gun? Or yeah, was it like, like an old leg? side-by-side, you know, break open with the, you know, it's got a for- front trigger and back trigger that gotcha. both work the different mm-hmm. barrels. So. I bought that gun for. I took a picture, said, "Hey, like this is this is pretty cheap. It was at a gun store or whatever. This is only like two hundred fifty bucks. Do you want this?" He's like, "Yes, buy it. That that's awesome. Okay, cool." Gets it home, takes it up to the range. Is going to go shoot some trap with it, whatever. That gun nearly killed him. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. So he's literally standing there. Has it? Has just goes to lock it. To, so he slides the. Um, Slides the rounds in, locks the gun, and it fires. So it's slam fired. Yeah, and he just and like that's right next to him, right oh next to him. Oh my gosh! And ever since, like, it blew the gun apart. And he's like, "Well, that's the end of that gun. Uh, <laughs> live and learn. Two hundred fifty dollars down the drain. Sorry." So he tells me about it. I'm like, "Oh, you can take it back to the shop. I got it at. Like, are you like, are you good? Is everything okay?" He's like, "I don't." He's like, "It's a great wall hanging. That's all it'll <laughs> that's ever be." It's a great do. reminder. Yeah. yeah. So. Not a big fan. So from where that did it? Did it? So you said it, it broke the gun. Yeah, like it, it, like split the barrel. Did it, it, it? And he didn't really describe it, and I haven't really seen it. So he just said, "I was like, it'll work for a wall hanging." So I'm assuming it's not to the point where it like destroyed it, but he he said it broke the gun. Like if you've got the barrel all flowered out like a Yosemite Sam cartoon after Bugs Bunny puts a wine cork in there, right? That's, I mean, still a good wall hanging. <laughs> <laughs> People might I'd, pay a lot of money for that art. Yeah. I've seen it. I've had a gun slam fire on me right. in my house. Uh, it was a. It was this really cheap uh, pistol. It was a three eighty, and my wife and I are getting ready to go Taurus. do some Christmas sh- uh, shopping. It was a Jimenez. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I paid, Only the finest for John. I paid, this was this was a while ago. This was this Wait, was about like, uh, this was about fifteen years ago. Okay, I was gonna say I've been in the like I'm not like an expert by any stretch of the imagination. I don't claim to be, but I've never heard of anything. So go on, I am intrigued. You have a computer over there? No, there's okay. no computers over there. I've okay. heard of a Jimenez tequila. But it's, a, yeah. it's a Jimenez. It was a Jimenez 380, and. Uh, I, I bought it for 80 bucks at a local pawn shop. Well, there's it was, your problem. It wasn't used. It was new. It was new in the box. Um, it does exist. And I, I, put the, I put the clip in, uh, put the magazine in the bottom. So and, you better say magazine. And, uh, I'm going to make you do push-ups if you say and, clip. Well, yeah. this, this, it was plastic. So I'm, I, I don't even know if it can classify as a magazine because the, the magazine was actually plastic. But you put the magazine in, and I racked the shell finger off the trigger, and as the slide comes forward, bam! And it put a round through my TV. <laughs> uh, so. The funny thing is, it's described as a American firearms manufacturer. Well, a Jimenez could be an American name. I know. I, I went kind of racist there. I didn't mean to. <laughs> and just, yeah. now, now you're gonna get you're gonna get the host in trouble. There goes the hate mail. <laughs> That's care of Jim York. <laughs> <laughs> I just, if I was, yeah, never mind. I'm not gonna go any deeper down that hole. But yeah, it's you know. So uh, my first thought was okay. Is everybody okay? So it turns out the round went through my TV. Uh, it was a flat screen. It was a rear projection flat screen TV. This was a while ago. Uh, went through the TV, went through the wall, into the bathroom, through a door, and into the carpet. So I managed to recover the slug. I keep the slug in my gun room as kind of a, as kind of a reminder, a safety reminder that bad things can happen if you're not, you know, fully, fully aware. Even though this wasn't my fault, I mean, my wife could have been – Ah, uh, yeah, like you fault know, or not, had that hit somebody, had that hit somebody it would have it would have yeah. been a very bad day. So luckily, uh, you know, luckily I I still consider it an ND, you know, still mm-hmm. a negligent discharge. Yep. I still take full responsibility, but uh, luckily nobody got hurt, and luckily nobody called the cops on me. So, um, you know, and that, that you know, every the loudest gunshot you'll ever hear is the one you're not expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. Um, my next door neighbor uh, had an ND out of his bedroom, and that went into my garage. And you know, it, it, guns are dangerous, and so you I do keep live that, in the populace of the I live, most guns per capita. I live in, in Tooele County, Utah. That's right, and most of those are at my house. But uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. so you know, I, and that was a, that was a slam fire. So that's something like if, and that's why I haven't shot that World War One pistol. Like I'm afraid of that thing. Yeah, uh, I keep it under glass. It's in my office. You know, uh, I've never tried to fire it. Uh, but I imagine if I were to put a round in it and pull the trigger, it would shoot. Because why wouldn't it? No. I mean, yours is a little bit older, <clears throat> but my grandpa's World War II pistol shoots. Yeah, I mean it's okay. it's a hundred years old, but it. I mean, if I take that apart with my my, my current Springfield 1911 or my current Remington 1911, the pieces look almost identical. Right, yeah. like there is I, very not, little difference. Say, probably not much has changed, and no. it's in perfect working order at a glance. But I still don't dare shoot it. Well, and you don't want to. I, I it's no, a, I really, it's I, a no. relic at this point. I want to hear it. I want to. I want to hear it bark fire. I really do. But it'll sound just like your other one. I but it. Bullet. But I want. But I want to hear. <laughs> the tree it. falls in the forest. I I want to hear what this thing sounds like. As you say, shows. old cars don't sound like new cars. Maybe there's a difference. Yeah, if I go out and rebuild a 1965 Ford Mustang, from you know from actual parts from the Ford Motor Company, but it's brand new. Does it sound exactly the same as one that's been tested and driven on the road? Why don't you do that and let us know? I, 
Come on. <laughs> what is, what is this, not down, this is not a car driving range. It's not driving range podcast. Can we Although you're, you're a golf, that would be a you're golfing a golf guy. Yeah. yeah, Mike's a golf guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't get to play much anymore. But. So let, let's, let's bring it over to Mike here for a second. You are a police officer. Mm-hmm. You deal with guns being bought and sold both legally and illegally. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some buyer beware tips you have for us? Well, the first one is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So you get that deal of somebody selling it online or whatever it may be, and it, you're like, that seems really, really cheap. It probably is for a reason. They're probably trying to get rid of it. So so like it that. could be a murder weapon or a stolen well, it's weapon? It's probably or? stolen most likely. I mean, okay. mo- most people are going to try to get rid of their guns if they're using them in a crime, but it's probably stolen. We see stolen guns all the time. You know, Gun shops, things like that, you're fine. Pawn shops, at least they're tracked. They, they have to register the serial numbers when they buy them, so there's a database of those things. Law enforcement can check it. But when you're buying it from the guy behind the you know closed building at 3 o'clock in the morning for 50 bucks, there probably should be a red flag going off. There's nothing illegal about it. No, that. it's it's perfectly legal. But That's why I always go to McDonald's. They never close. <laughs> Good place to do that. And there's cameras. <laughs> no, it's, there's nothing illegal about buying the gun, but the beware part is – it sounds too good to be true. You're probably getting something that's stolen. Maybe it doesn't work. What Maybe if it's I? Fake. What if I buy that gun? What if I see an ad on Craigslist or on on a website, and I say, or a guy at my office says, "Oh, hey, I'm I'm selling my Glock, my my Glock Gen Four because I just got a brand new one," and I buy it from him. I give him, you know, he's like, "Oh, I'm only asking three hundred bucks for it. And that's a great deal." I give him the three hundred bucks, and I find out later that it's stolen or used in a crime or something like that. So you're probably going to end up losing it. You'll be out your money. Um, your chances of you being in trouble are probably pretty slim, unless you knew darn well what you were buying when you bought it. I mean, that's so. That's my question. Yeah, you you've got to have some intent. You've got to know, like, hey, I'm buying something that's stolen to be able to, you know, do that. We have to be able to prove that you intended to buy stolen property. Um, so that 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 part's not a concern, but it just sucks for you that you're out that money you spent on that gun. You lost your gun. You lost your money. So let's say I have a gun stolen. And, you know, because a lot of people, especially here in Utah, leave their guns in their cars. Please don't do um, that. Please don't do that. A lot of uh, – but that's – It's common, unfortunately. Usually when I hear of somebody's gun being stolen, it's out of a car. Yeah. Uh, very rarely does somebody walk up to you with a switchblade knife and go, no. give me your gun. Yeah. And, you know <laughs> – I mean, the whole knife gun. Problem. All right, yeah, fine. That's, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. You got me. Um, you know, you're but right. But what if, what if my gun is stolen and, and somebody – buys it like do you give it back to me how does that work it'd probably end up getting booked into evidence eventually you could get it back depending on what's needed for court and things like that but i would venture a lot of people are never going to get it back because a lot of people don't seem to know their serial numbers that that's one of those things that we have all the time yeah dude like write down your serial numbers record them somewhere so that if you do for whatever reason lose your gun you're going to want it for a couple reasons you're going to want to let us know so that we can put that out there in case it gets found but if you're trying to get money back from your insurance company for losing it and you don't have a serial number they're probably not going to give it to you how dumb do i sound if i call the cops and i'm like yeah my gun got stolen <laughs> oh, we get so many of those I, I i can't we get dozens a year i'll uh, bet when somebody's gun gets stolen that they're pretty freaked out some people are some people are surprisingly shocked that they left their gun in their car and somebody broke in and took it it, it surprises me and that even it's not even just out and about like if you have a garage in your house don't leave guns in your car don't in your leave, garage. Don't leave guns in your garage or your car. Yeah. Don't leave them unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. The best kind of security is a, is a, is a garage, and it comes free with a house. Well, but the, problem, the problem with the garage is it's not that hard for good criminals to figure out how to clone your remote. They open your garage door. Your car's parked in there all night. 
people leave them in their center console, out the gun goes. You know what the funny? I noticed this morning, and and I work downtown. I work uh, I work near an area that is considered a high crime area downtown. I would say. Yes. Uh, I realized that I didn't lock my car, but I wasn't concerned, right? Because I don't leave anything in my car. The worst thing that might happen is somebody may steal my car, um, which is a whole other problem altogether. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I try to lock my car. I, I'm pretty sure I lock my car every day, but I realized as I'm walking around, I'm like, oh, I didn't lock my car. But I wasn't like, oh, crap, somebody would break in and steal all that stuff I didn't leave in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I have a gun on me, it's on me. Yeah. And if I can't take it inside wherever I'm going, I leave it home. Yeah. You're going in, you're going to an arena that doesn't allow guns. You're going to a club that doesn't allow guns. Just leave it at home. Don't take anything with you you've got to leave in your car because we see that all the time. Of, ah, I can't take that in with me, but I wanted to bring it with me, so I leave it in my car, and then they come out, and it's gone, and yeah, causes I've, problems. I always wonder, like, if you have a gun. Now, I know what happens at the airport if you take a gun in into the airport. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, and, and I think we're, we're in a safe enough place where we can say if you have a gun on you every day – it tends to become uh, common, commonplace. Habit, you yeah. kind of just, oh, I forgot that my gun yeah, was in my bag. You don't even notice it. It's... And and people like people that that aren't familiar with gun culture will be like, how can you forget that you had a Glock in your backpack? Well, honestly, I forgot. Like I forgot it was there. It happens. Um, so I I understand when people take that to the airport. But if if somebody like they're going into a sporting arena, and the buzzer goes off and they're they're caught with a gun in their bag or on their person. Are they breaking the law at that point or are they are they they're, just told to leave? They're just told to remove it because it's not a, that's not a secure facility under the law. That's just private property of saying, you know, this is not something we allow in here for whatever reason, you know, the arena has to play by whatever rules of the sports team, the owners, things like that. So that's sure. private property. It has nothing to do with legalities. It's just, hey, you got to take that back. A lot of the sports arenas don't even let you bring in a water bottle anymore, and they literally will turn you around and say, you get your metal water jug, you know, sorry, you can't come in with that. Got to go put it in your car or you're not coming in. So that that's the problem of don't bring it because then you're literally turning around to your car to go, well, I want to go to see my game, so we'll just shove this under the seat. One of my neighbors, one of my neighbors, when he goes to a sporting event, I don't want to say which event because I don't want people looking around for it when he <laughs> leaves it there. Uh, he has a He has a, a quick action knife. A quick open knife that he carries with him. This and, is more common than I realized. And, I was about to say, tell the same story. Sorry. And he's like, he's like, every time, every time, yeah. without fail, every time yeah. I go, I realize I have a knife in my pocket and I can't carry it in. What do you do? I don't want to walk all the way back to my car. <laughs> so he goes and he buries it out in the garden, out front. This he buries like, it in the this dirt. This is my brother. This is my brother. Yeah, I was about to tell so, the exact story. Oh, my same gosh. Story. That's funny. <laughs> so, so I, like, peruse the perimeter. Yeah. Go get a metal detector <laughs> yeah. and just start searching the planters <laughs> outside of the He buries it. My brother's like, eh, probably put, nobody will see it there. I'll put it in the bushes. Yeah. Just, I can't imagine somebody would do that with a with a gun. I, no. But I, would I, hope I, not. I can't imagine, but I can't imagine but, because I've <laughs> seen people do dumb things. It's. <laughs> I'll admit that I have left my gun at my desk unattended uh, in, in, in the workplace. Not necessarily this workplace, but uh, so in my old I. workplace where I know That's I'm going to be – either I'm going to be walking around and I'm only wearing a T-shirt and I don't want anybody seeing the bulge coming out of the side of – I don't want anybody seeing the bulge in my pants. Um, <laughs> That'll or have like, to be edited out. <laughs> like when we uh, – Move like the gun, like not a Dylan used to be uh, Dylan used to be part of the podcast. He would get really uncomfortable when he knew I was carrying. So I would leave it at my desk. But I would leave it unattended. And it wasn't exactly locked up. 
It's that, that's less of a, a concern, I think. Than but it's in a secure area. Yeah. I was gonna say I used to do it all the time. I don't see a big problem. <laughs> but you're not burying it in a planter box outside well, like, of. Granted, a, I worked at Silencer Co. Game. where we had a whole. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys would just have guns laying around. Yeah. Uh, I it it's a marvel to me that you guys never had anything turn up missing. So what if I'm selling a gun? What if uh, you know I recently lost my job? I have a whole bunch of guns. You know, I, luckily I got employment pretty quick. But let's say I didn't, and I had to sell off a couple of guns, and I want to make money fast. So I'm going to make these pretty cheap. There's, uh, you know, some sites I can do that on. But let's say I just want to throw it on a website and call it good. Nothing illegal about it. What what precautions should I take? I I would always suggest finding a place to meet that's a very public place, which is hard because you may freak people out selling a gun. Um, a lot of police departments don't care if you come use their parking lot. Some of them in Utah actually have a place set up for exactly that. When you're selling items online, you meet up. They have cameras set up to watch that's it. That's awesome. That's, you know, yeah. Um, I know other departments have said, yeah, we're not so keen on that because then that puts some liability on us. So Because you're I mean, on their property and you're yeah, allowing it. So it but the, find a place that is more of a public place. If it's a back alley, that's probably a bad idea because that's was, the other thing, selling a gun. You may end up meeting somebody that you don't want to meet who's trying to get a gun for free. Well, that's the thing. Like, how many stories do we hear of people that are selling something and they meet up with the buyer mm-hmm. and then they get the crap kicked yeah. out of them? Yeah. I was going to say, I sold a long-range rifle to a gentleman, and, and as I was thinking through, like, where is going to be the best place to do this? Where, A, public, B, not going to freak everybody out, and then C, like, I can actually, you know— do this kind of properly, at least get some signed paperwork, whatever. So I went to Cabela's. Just did it in the parking lot or yeah, in the store? Yeah, I did it. Well, it was my gun. I'm telling it to him. But, like, going to Cabela's, they're not going to overly be like, oh, my – like, what is a gun yeah, doing here? It's yeah. like, oh, the guy bought the gun inside whatever. No one's going to raise gotcha. too much of an alarm over it. And so as I'm thinking those th- things through and, like, give me enough time to, like, sign this off, like, hey, here's your name. Here, I'm gonna take a picture of your ID. Sorry, like that's how I'm gonna roll. So, with like this. when I've I've sold guns before, I always I won't sell to somebody that doesn't have a CCW, a concealed carry. And permit. that's another great way to yeah. do it. Yeah, that's that's just my own vetting. Yep, mm-hmm. that's not a requirement. No. and that's not. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but that's that's how I that's make your sure way. Yeah, that that person is at least at least familiar with firearms enough to know. Because we've talked about the other day. Uh, we recently had a shooting in Utah that was way overblown by the media, partly my fault because I'm a member of the media here in the state of Utah. But uh, the newsrooms were going crazy because we heard the term active shooter. Uh, it happened at a local mall, turned out to be a gang shooting. Um, the, I'm just going to I'm going to criticize a local news agency, which isn't KSL, but they said the shooters are outstanding, meaning that they're at large. They shot the people in the legs. Clearly, they are not outstanding shooters, unless they were aiming for the legs. But <laughs> turns out everybody involved in that was a gang member, right? As, as far, far as, as as far as everybody is is has been told thus far. So, um, I forget where I was going with that. Well, I can oh, back that up um, because a lot of people decided right after uh, right after that when when something like this happens, a lot of people run out and think they need to get a gun for protection. And they have no business owning guns. Like They don't know anything about them. They don't know anything about the laws. How often do you guys see that? We don't see it a lot. But the, the thing that I, I had a friend that was a concealed carry permit uh, instructor back when Trolley Square happened, what, 11 years ago, 12 years ago now. 
and he turned down, he said, about 60% of the people that called him because they weren't calling because they wanted to protect themselves, their family. They wanted to be the hero. They wanted to be able to go get a get a oh. permit, get a gun. I, that's going to happen in my mall. I'm going to go chase the guy down, which let us let the police do Let's that. Let's let the cops do that. You know, use, absolutely. Oh. If, if you're a concealed carry permit holder and something like that happens, g- get as many people out and use your gun to protect you if you need to. But that's what you can do is get people out. So also you were, notify the officer yeah. because they don't know who the hell. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like in Trolley we, Square. They don't know who the perp is. Like. There was a cop there, an Ogden police officer. He was right. out of his jurisdiction, but he had a gun. And nobody knew if he was. Yeah, you don't know if you're the bad guy or yeah. good guy. In any of those scenarios, you have a gun, you're firing rounds, goodbye. Good. You're a bad guy. Yeah, you're yeah, a bad point. guy. And, and that's the thing is, it, it, once law enforcement's on scene, give comply with every command you're given. Yes, sir. Because, no, sir. yeah. It's, and get the hell out of the don't, way. Don't Use tr- common sense. Yeah, yeah. Just don't try to argue. Don't try to say, well, hey, I'm the good. Just get your hands. If they tell you to get your hands up, get your hands up. Let them know that you've got a weapon. Hey, I'm a concealed carry hole. This is where my weapon is. You're not going to be treated like a suspect. But we want to make sure we don't shoot anybody who is. The, and even if you are guy. treated like a suspect, like if you're not guilty, you're not guilty. Yeah. Like, if you're, uh, if there's a building on fire, and the fire department shows up, you're not going to push them out of the way so that you can attack it with a garden hose. <laughs> I would hope not. You know, if you've got, <laughs> if you've been to a Boy Scout first aid class, you're not going to push a paramedic out of the way when somebody's having a heart attack. No. Let the professionals deal with it. Yeah. I don't know, like in high stress situations, like, why would you do just, that? Like, is it? I don't know why, where your mind goes. Some people get sharpened. sharpened. Like, some people just go, just dumb. I don't, like, yeah, I don't get that. The way I always look, well. It's that fight or flight reflex. Right. There, there's actually three. There's fight, flight, or freeze. A lot of people A lot freeze. of people freeze. A lot of people run away. And then there's those people that fight. But the problem is, is if you're not somebody who's trained, who has been through that training, your fight goes the wrong way. Yeah, but like this, that trained thing, I think in a lot of people's minds, that's such a loose term. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I, I've got a CZW. I'm Which that's trained. not, tra- in like, my mind, that's not trained. Like, right. Not yeah. at all. No. It, it's, I'm not trained and I go to the range more often than a lot of people. The only thing you have to know when you get a CCW, for those that don't have one, the only thing you have to know is the law. Yeah. You don't have to shoot. Nope. You don't have to show any sort of proficiency no. whatsoever. No. You just have to know what your rights are as a holder, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is the way it should be. Yeah, I mean the, the the training that we go through is so much more intense. Of you know formations, how to take angles, how to use your cover, how to identify people very quickly so you're not shooting the wrong person. Well, and that was just what I was going to say. Like I've done the the simulator mm-hmm. down at uh, whatever the fats the fats testing. No, there's the no. virtual. Probably you've probably yeah, done the, the Virtra. The three sixty. The three hundred and sixty. The Virtra is by far and away blows the oh, fats cool. out. It's three hundred almost three hundred and sixty degrees. Three hundred degrees, what yeah. they call it. But it's, there's an entry. You have to have a point to get into it. Right, and they they have like <laughs> blocks that are shooting basically pneumatics. Yeah. yeah. But they also have rifles and shotguns too. I see the every time I go there, someone they have, they have the rifles dropped the uh, rifle yeah. and it's broken. Oh no! <laughs> see the, the attorney general's office and the sheriff's department have one, so oh, I've gotcha. been on theirs. Which are do you have? Do you do they require you to wear the little shock thing? No. So oh, see, I've, so you get shot if you they, yeah, they, yeah, like it you shocks get, you. It shocks. The <laughs> That's awesome. It. Yeah, like yeah. I, I fortunately I know the people that run them, so I can say yeah, I ain't put that on. <laughs> well, no, and they'll, they'll always ask like, oh, yeah. "Do you want to wear this?" And I was like, "I'll try it once." Got shot once. Like, yeah, I'm done. No. I'm good. <laughs> wasn't my Just fault. Just have a dog collar. It wasn't my fault. The person on. behind them was supposed to have my six missed. I got shot. You know, we even run, John can tell you this because he's played the bad guy just for our explorer class, which we run our explorers, our youth, right? The same active shooter. 
we run those for the the full department with sim rounds. I've done it for SWAT. Yeah. And so, you know, you're and I'll tell you what, you get hit with a rifle sim round, it hurts. Oh, it's not fun. Yeah, yeah UTMs, chalk yeah. rounds, whatever, yeah. they are not pleasant. No. So, like you think paintballs hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. so the, the <laughs> hand, you're, you're you're getting shot by an actual well, this, round. This, yeah. and the sim the handgun the handgun sim rounds are about four hundred feet per second. The rifles are even faster. So for reference, a paintball's less than two hundred. Right. So you're doubling a paintball and it, it hurts. Unless your friends are dicks and they turn the air yeah. all the way up. I was going to say, I, can f- I should find the picture, but I've got, uh, we were doing the sim training, they were doing the sim training, and I was the, I had, like, using a body shield, mm-hmm. had three hostages in front of me, and the SWAT guy decided, all right, now's my chance, ran up, <laughs> over the top, boom, shot me in the forehead at Point Blake. Oh, I my had gosh, a dude. goose bump, like, it was... It was probably the size of a tennis ball. It looked like I had a small tennis ball coming oh out of my, my forehead. Gosh. Which, yeah, we're, you're <laughs> we, not supposed we, to shoot that close. No, you're not. Close kill. Hindsight's twenty twenty. And you're supposed to wear a helmet. <laughs> yeah, were you, not if you're, you're a bad a guy. Yeah, right? yeah, we still make we still make our bad guys. Were you wearing a mask? I think I had glasses on. Yeah, so if, <laughs> if so we won't say what sheriff's department, but they ran up pretty when, loose apparently. Yeah. When I was the bad guy, they didn't have they sim had airsoft. I had sim rounds. Yeah. They, they like, were shooting airsoft, but I wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, because it's just airsoft. But they were all wearing masks because yes. no, I was shooting the sim rounds. Yeah, so I was shooting at the police. Like the, I was the bad guy again, mm-hmm. and I was just tucked down. I'm like, all right, that hurt like hell. I'm going to get some revenge. They came by. I shot one, got, got her right in the ear, and it tore her earlobe off. No way! Yeah. So, like, I felt super oh, bad. And I, I'm like, I couldn't see. It was, it was night training at the... You know the range up in, like, Davis County? Swanson? Yeah. Or the Bountiful Range. The Bountiful Range. Yeah. yeah, we were up that way, and it was gnarly. Like, she had to go get it stitched back on oh and everything. Oh, my gosh, like, dude. Yeah. I felt so bad. That's why we that's why we at the same time, I had a tennis ball sticking on my forehead. Yeah. Didn't feel that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we got to wear full face shields, because those things, yeah, you, you can They're do, gnarly. Yeah. Well, there. I mean, there have been lethal cases with that. Oh, yeah. You you can't, especially the, like the rifles. You have to, you're supposed to wear long sleeves and all kinds of stuff with those because they're they're moving. They hurt. Yeah, but that's that, that, that's training, and that's nowhere even close. <laughs> that, yeah, to, <laughs> that's where we were going with that. Yeah. That's training. <laughs> like, and that's nowhere even close to what the the muscle velocity of an actual so yeah round is. Like mo- our nine millimeter handgun rounds are about twelve hundred feet per second. Right, mm-hmm. and you're going at less than half that. Yeah, you're I going mean, a third of that. Yeah. I mean, I've, t- I've taken a with paintball gun, and I've cranked it all the way up and put frozen paintballs in there before because I'm a dick, but uh, <laughs> that's fun. But don't do that. Yeah. Right. And, like, it, it's, I mean, it's not a, f- a piece of metal that's designed yeah. to fragment and, <laughs> fragment like, and actually do the most destruction possible. It's a piece of chalk. Yeah. It's designed to. Our, ours are all plastic. It's like, yeah. it's like getting hit with a crayon is what I always Kinda, describe. Yeah, they're, like, they're waxy. Yeah. And they've got some sort of paint powder so we don't, going lot, really fast. Yeah, depending on where you are, you may not. Ha- you may have the ones that don't have anything in them, so you don't destroy whoever's building you're using with paint all over the place. A lot of times, if you're, uh, I know that there's people that listen that have described themselves as urban explorers. Uh, you'll find yourself looking in like abandoned schools or abandoned office buildings that have been used by police departments uh, before, yeah. and you'll find those around. Like, and you can tell like sim rounds. Lo- the the casings look different. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. It's they, got a little tip on it. That's yeah, different. but even even the expended uh, casings. Look well, yeah, different. the shell casing's got a little plastic thing on the top. I think I have it. some actually. I still. Not that it does us any good to talk to. to, show <laughs> to go into. A deep I mean, description of chalk rounds before, when we're talking right? about you know. used. Oh, I know 100 percent what they are. Okay, so I won't worry about it. I've got. I, I still have mine from when I was bad guys with Mike's department. Uh, they sh- they're good conversation starters. Yeah. Hey, have you seen one of these? Look at this. 
And then they throw me to the ground and they say, what are you that? in the airport uh i did actually get note <laughs> or you get through the airport i've i'm not going to talk about that either right I. now <laughs> <laughs> that's another episode yeah. um so anyway i hope that uh i hope that kind of shed some light on on buying and selling guns privately well and the one thing i wanted to point out to you real quick is the statistic that i just found online which is of all the used, like in crimes and things like that, of all people, like the percentage of all state and federal prisoners who have possessed a firearm uh, used during a crime, 1% purchased that legally. Only 1%? 1%. How many of those were straw purchases, you think? At, well, A, straw Just, purchases, or B, like, I would like to know the mental background of that 1%. Right, yeah. So, so they bought it legally and then snapped? Uh, yeah, or they bought it legally, and I just uh, like had just never committed a crime before, and they've yeah, been planning their whole I, life. For exactly, this one like I think there's, I definitely think of that one percent. That's a handful of them. So, and how many of those were, um, we'll say, trying to be hero and shot somebody they shouldn't have? Right, like you know, are they, are they counted in yeah. that? You know, I, I, they... I, this statistic doesn't really go into it. It's it's fairly um, brief, but. So excuse me, I don't want to undersell it. It's one point three percent. If you're buying right. a gun and it sounds shady, uh, who should we call? Can we do? Do we call dispatch? Do we just? Yeah, I, I would call it. I, I you know call the non-emergency number wherever the police department is. You are if it's really an emergency, you can always call nine one one. But save that for something that's you know life threatening. But certainly an officer can come check the serial number, things like that. Um, honestly, I doubt you're ever going to get super more amounts of money unless it's a really weird case by going to sell it to somebody like that, then you are probably, you can probably find somebody that's going to give you a pretty decent deal. Sure. Even in a, a reputable business. So. If I wanted a cop to supervise a sale, if I say, hey, I'm meeting somebody in a 7-Eleven parking lot later on. You, you can have call the department and ask. It depends on the department. If it's a smaller do. department, if they're not busy, they might. Yeah, right? even the bigger ones will, but it may take hours. It just depends on how busy that department is that they can well, spare an officer, two officers. Before you're going to go sell it, go talk to your local gun shop. I know a lot of guys that will do transfers for 25 bucks, yeah. and that 25 that's a, bucks is what That's what you should do. Yeah. I should have mentioned that earlier because most most will do the FFL transfer for you, yeah. Yeah. and they do the background check. Yeah, that's that's like purchasing it outright from a gun shop, and then you've got that peace of mind that this person's not a criminal. That's et that's what you should do. That's the answer right there. So full of them. We're gonna leave you on that note. Uh, thanks for joining us on Range Time, uh, episode number three. My thanks to uh, to everybody here at the KSL studios, Eric Oppenshaw and Cheryl Worsley, uh, and a big thanks to KSL for giving us a friendly home to come and express our views on gun and gun ownership. Sorry I said a swear. Until uh, until next time, we'll see you on range time. That's not right. <laughs> we'll see you again down the range. I don't know. what. It, I, well, I definitely can't say that, can I? <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see you again on range time. Some, I saw... I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, it's an awkward Range time, exit. bye. Range time. <laughs> Until then, ready, aim. <laughs>